0: Welcome to the mbi edge podcast where we explore the backgrounds of interesting individuals and how they intersect with our building industry in Iowa. I'm your host Ben Hammes and I'm going to bring to you topics that help educate, develop, grow and enhance you and your company. Welcome Brad. I appreciate you being here on the mbi edge podcast. Thank you very much for having me.
1: I appreciate being
0: here. Brad, can you tell the audience, uh, do a quick introduction for everybody. I know a lot of folks in our industry are familiar with the, with the name Brad Churchill, but for those that aren't, uh, can you introduce yourself here?
1: Sure, absolutely. I'm um, Brad Churchill. I'm currently the CEO of U.S. Erectors, U.S. Crane, U.S. Metal Builders. Um, I've been here in the industry really since 2000, excuse me, since 1998, Um, Graduated from Iowa State, did a brief stint over in Omaha before coming back to Des Moines. Um, Wanted to come back to the Heartland, raise my kids. uh, Seemed like a better place. Born and raised in Minnesota. Um, Both my wife and I are from there. Uh, I think she was 14, I was 15 when we started dating. Um, Still together, so that's been a lot of fun. And really just uh, enjoy being being in Iowa. Um, As far as activities and and pastimes, uh, enjoy golfing. Uh, we have a house down at Lake the Ozark, so we get to spend a lot of the summer at uh, big into power boating so a lot of fun
0: yeah, that's great. You've been uh, very involved with MBI and DMCC over the years. I know you're now a board member over at NFIB and very active uh, in our industry and in the business community in Iowa so um, we appreciate you being here for the podcast but I have to ask let's let's dive into that power boat racing issue here first I you know, have you got your uh, your cabin open uh, down in the Ozarks already this spring?
1: Yep. Yeah, we, uh, in fact, just finished getting the boats all, uh, all cleaned up and uh, going in the water here this next coming weekend. Um, like I said, I was born and raised in Minnesota, lived on a lake all my life. Um, it's a little bit of a struggle to live in Iowa. There's not a whole lot of water here. But when I got into business in 2004, uh, one of my goals was to own a boat that'll do 100 mile an hour. <laughs> okay. And currently we're at 112 and we're going to push it from there so is that right yep and wow. we've also been fortunate we sponsor uh, billy allen um, who's a uh, boat racer he races on the uh opa circuit okay uh, offshore power boats okay sponsored him now for three years and he is just coming off a world championship uh last november in key west wow so it's been a lot of fun to be involved with him go to the races and uh lot of horsepower it's a lot of fun
0: so you're riding these boats with him or just sponsoring
1: i am sponsoring okay um i've i've actually taken the taken our race boat um we we ran it down lake of the ozarks middle of the day on july 5th um you know waves coming from every which direction and we're running 100 some mile an hour absolutely out of control it's a ton of fun
0: how many other boats are doing that on the ozarks
1: um ozarks if if you don't know it's probably the powerboat capital of the world. There's probably more powerboats down there than any other lake in the country. Did not know that. Yep. Um, a massive amount of, uh, of speed and horsepower. Um, our neighbor actually set the record the last six years uh, for the shootout, the big race down Lake of the Ozarks, around 210 to 215 mile an hour.
0: Oh, my God. So they just close down part of the lake so that they ensure yep. the safety of everybody. They flag it off in some way. Yep. And-
1: they uh, shut down about a five-mile stretch. Um, it's, it's the fourth weekend of August. It's the single largest uh, unsanctioned boat race in the world. Okay. You know, they pack anywhere from probably five to 6,000 boats on Saturday all rafted up. And uh, the race boats just essentially run a three-quarter-mile course, just one after another all day long.
0: So 112 miles an hour. That's your personal yes. record. For how long? How, how long of a distance are you going 112?
1: I was probably running about five or five, six miles. Wow. We'll take it out first thing in the morning. The lake it doesn't uh, lend itself very much when you get a lot of boat traffic. Um, yeah. It's just not safe to be running those speeds, but we run a lot in the morning, especially uh, during the week as well.
0: That's incredible. So I know you're an Iowa State grad. Mm-hmm. Um, were you civil or were you uh, civil engineering? What, what, what major were you at Iowa State and how did you get into construction then?
1: Okay. I actually started out uh, in chemical engineering. Okay. I was in chemical engineering for three years. Okay. Um, did well, just didn't like it. Didn't see myself sitting in a in a lab, you know, trying to improve the glue on Post-it notes. It just wasn't for me. My roommate, uh, Scott Ward, is actually the CEO now of Nala Point Builders mm-hmm. and also active at MBI. Uh, he was in construction, and, and I had to sign up. I did do something in engineering, wasn't sure exactly what it would be. So I signed up for construction thinking, I'll just do this until I find something better. So this Um,
0: is all Scott's fault. This is all Scott's fault. I can't wait until he hears this.
1: But, uh, I mean, just fell in love with construction, and I got through the program, and I think my junior year started working for a steel erection company, um, doing safety, and just stayed in the business ever since.
0: Hmm. And now you own four companies, is that right?
1: Yeah, yeah, was (laughs) four companies here, and then we have... A large conglomeration. Uh, we just bought a big steel fabrication company down in Phoenix, Arizona. Mm. We own six door companies, a container company. There's all kinds of stuff in the background. So
0: You got a lot going on. Yep. Well, again, you know, we wanted you to come in today to talk about a very important issue, so we're going to shift gears a little bit. Um, here at MBI, we thought it was our role, especially with our new medium through this podcast, to talk about um, mental health awareness month, which is coming up, um, by the time this podcast launches, will be, will be in May. Um, and you know, how did you get, uh, to be such an advocate for mental health? I know you've had a few years here. You've been very active with, uh, Cal Byer and Holmes Murphy, who's doing some of our trainings. I know you're coming in, um, this next week to help with that too, but how did you become an advocate, uh, for mental health?
1: Sure. Um, wasn't necessarily by choice. Um, it's a role that, uh, that I kind of, um, got placed into, oh, in 2017, actually May 8th of 2017, we lost our 16 year old son to suicide. Um, absolutely blindsided, never saw it coming. Um, and from that event, you know, I wanted, I kind of made it a mission of mine to, if I can help prevent this from ever happening to someone again, um, you know, trying to get something good to come out of a, a horribly bad situation. So uh, my wife's been very involved. Uh, both our daughters have been involved um, in uh, suicide prevention and mental health. Mm-hmm. And now here in the last two, three years, I've kind of taken the reins and been able to use my position and, and use my influences to, to step up and, and essentially just create awareness.
0: That's great. Stop the stigma, um, mm-hmm. I know, is the The major slogan for Mental Health Awareness Month, it's such a big issue for our industry, and, um, you know, it's just very important that uh, we talk about it, and we talk about it openly. So, uh, you know, being vulnerable and talking about this is is just so vitally important. Clearly, that event was was a life-changing event. Um, How did it change you? How did it change your family Um, and your two daughters, who are what ages now?
1: Um, Our oldest daughter is 25. Okay. Um, At the time uh, when Trevor passed, she was a freshman at Mizzou. Okay. She was going for fashion and design. Okay. Um, It it was always thought of our son Trevor would kind of take over in my footsteps. Okay. Um, When he passed, uh, Maddie, who was our oldest oldest girl, she uh, changed her career path. She went into civil engineering, um, graduated civil engineering. Oh, wow. And she'll be coming aboard the group of companies uh, along with her fiance here Later on this summer. Wow, how exciting. Yep, so really looking forward to uh, to having her on board. She's been working for a, a big general contractor out of the East Coast for the last couple years. Okay. years. Um, she's actually a project manager over on Harris Casino over in Columbus, Nebraska. Wow. So, so
0: you're bringing her home. Bringing her home, yep. All right, good deal.
1: And then our youngest daughter, who was had always thought she was going to be a veterinarian um, after this event happened, she's now gone into psychology, mm. um, wants to... Actually wants to do like employee benefits. Uh-huh. Um, I think her, I'm probably going to goof this up a little bit, but her major is industrial occupational psychology.
0: Industrial occupational psychology. Very yes. specific.
1: Yes. And I'm not sure exactly what it is. I think in layman's terms, it's basically uh, employee retention As okay. far as like an HR type position. Sure. It just sounds fancy.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's got a great name. <laughs> yep. Um, you know, you learned a lot clearly about this event. Um, what is the underlying issue in mental health? And let's let's shift it to what you see in the companies that you own now. How is it affecting the workplace uh, and you know the workforce in sure. general?
1: There's a lot of issues out there that that really need to kind of be brought to light. One is uh, workers are exhausted. You know, I see it. I myself am. It's been a tough three years. Mm. You know, since COVID, um, everyone's doing more for more with less. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, trying to, trying to push, push the limits. Um, it's hard to find employees. It's hard to find good employees that takes a toll on, on absolutely everybody. Um, there's also a link between mental health and business outcome. Mm. Um, and that's one of the things that we really try to highlight, really try to push, you know, if, if people are, are more engaged, more mentally there, I think the business has a lot better chance of positive outcomes. Mm. So, um, so, as
0: an employer, is it about um, being a little more understanding to the burnout, to the to the number of hours that people are putting in, to the pressures that are applied? How do you how do you operate as an employer, given the
1: the story and the history that you have
0: in dealing with some of these issues? Sure. How do you shift your focus?
1: It's a metric that we're we're really starting to track. Mm. Um, we track the amount of volume our project managers push on an annual basis. Okay. We track the amount of of estimating our estimators do as far as volume. Okay. And we're also starting to track a lot of our foremen. Make sure that if they're on a tough job, maybe the next one is a little bit easier. Oh, sure. You know, try to change it up for them a little bit. Um, We also really watch, you know, if they're on a job for over a year or a long time, we'll try to pull them off, give them a break. Give them, you know, even if it's for a month here and there, Mm -hmm. give them a break. Let them them kind of walk away for a little bit and then re-engage.
0: And you have a very unique um, relationship that some maybe in our industry don't have with the iron specifically. Yes. So you're working with those trades and working hand in hand. How, how is that relationship?
1: Um, I, I absolutely love it uh, here. And this is probably a little bit before um, before uh, we lost Trevor, but um, I'd say probably for the last 10 years, I've been working with the International Ironworkers Workers Union out of D.C. Okay to kind of promote the business. Um, that shifted a little bit here in the last five years. I've started to do a lot more with them as far as mental health. Um, I've done some speaks with them. There's some speaking with them on a national level. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple uh, webinars, podcasts, um, and also getting actively involved uh, with the International Association. Um, I was recently asked to be on their metal building committee, which I'm the first non-union You know, person on one of their committees. So um, that was a great honor to me. I'm glad Mm -hmm. to get involved, but uh, trying to, uh, again, just trying to to get out there and and make awareness, Mm -hmm. especially for mental health.
0: Yep. So we've got a lot of employers, uh, member companies that are going to listen to this podcast and they may have self reflection. They may be thinking, you know, what is it that Brad has done within his companies? What can I do? What are some easy first steps I can take to. Improve the situation amongst my workers, my workforce, um, you know, whether it's for retention or whatever your reasons are, what are some of those easy first steps an employer can take? Sure.
1: And by no means do I have all the right solutions. Um, I just want to preface that right now. Um, but I've spent a lot of time, we do a, a lot of work with like best of practices. Um, we're in an insurance captive through Holmes Murphy, um, go to all the captive meetings. And a lot of what they stress is, is you know, bring out, the, bring out what you do best. You know, all the companies kind of highlight some of their best practices. And just over the years, I've picked up on a lot of stuff. But um, really, as far as mental health right now, I just read a study. Probably 25% of the current workforce is actively looking for a new job this year. 25%. Which is 25%, which is the highest it's ever been. And that's actually coming from a, from a 2023 study.
0: Is that a national study?
1: That's a national study, okay. yeah. All right so and really it's kind of mainly due to a few different things one is low compensation one is a toxic work environment um, negative effects of mental health um feeling undervalued or no real career path mm-hmm. are kind of some of the biggest drivers there so we're trying to address some of those issues one by one as a company mm-hmm. um we have a great workforce now we would love to keep them we would love to add on to them so we're taking we're taking the step forward to uh to make it just a better better workplace and a better work environment for them.
0: That's great. Let's talk about the employees themselves then. What can they do um, to increase um, their mental health, maybe a relationship with their employer, um, opening up some conversations that are maybe tough to have? Um, what are some of those steps that the employee can take?
1: Sure. There's, there's two real big things that, that employees can do. One is speak out. You know, um, the, squeaky, guild, the sque- squeaky wheel gets the grease kind of mentality. But uh, the more the employees ask for certain things, um, especially in the workplace, they're probably going to receive it. Mm. So, um, really, just kind of you know, make awareness. Let you know, let your employees know what you're looking for out of a company, mm-hmm. um, whether it's mental health or whether it's just you know, benefits, you know, what have you. You know, ask. You mm-hmm. know, if you if you're not getting what you want, ask. Mm-hmm. Um, second part about that is take advantage of what's there. Um so many companies, especially with mental health being a little bit newer. Um a lot of employees still don't don't take advantage of a lot of the a lot of the resources that are out there. So I would encourage you to take advantage of what's what's there.
0: Yeah, some of these employee assistance programs <laughs> um offer a lot of resources that maybe employees are not um privy to. They may not know that they even exist. Um you know, we've heard a lot about that too, especially with these EAPs. So, sure. um, taking advantage of the opportunity to talk with your HR or your uh, your employers about what they may offer already that you just didn't know about, um, that could be a, a great first step in increasing uh, those that mental health. Um, how about managers or coworkers? How do they recognize some of these uh, issues if they may see them amongst their their coworkers? What are those signs?
1: Sure. Looking for someone if they look physically drained, look tired, just kind of look out of it. Um, feel free to, to reach out to them to ask, you know, is there anything going on? You know, is there something I can help you with? Um, if you see people making simple errors, being forgetful, or, if, you know, fall off in productivity, you know, feel free to get involved. Uh, ask. Um, some people will get easily irritated. I know in construction that's a little bit more common than maybe other trades, but, uh and once you kind of know people's personalities, you can you can understand their little subtle changes, changes in personalities. Um, absenteeism is a big sign um, that there's something going on, and also inconsistent work hours. You know whether they're, you know typically there may be you know six a.m. to to four thirty p.m. You know changes in in hours, things like that may may uh, reflect that there's something else kind of mm-hmm. going on in the background. So, mm-hmm. um, one of the biggest things that we do as an employer is, you know, try to get our employees engaged, um, you know, reach out to them. Uh, I know as a, as a company, we try to lead by example. So all of our meetings, we start off, we use a EOS operating system, which I know MBI has, mm-hmm. has pushed. You know, so we start off every meeting with a Sieg, And basically what that is, is everyone goes around the room and just says, hey, this one nice thing happened to, mm. you know, to me this past week. Icebreaker. Yep, icebreaker. Yep. So we're always starting off on a positive note. Um, we've also put we do a safety training day annually, as well as a lot of companies do. Mm-hmm. And we started focusing on mental health, mm-hmm. you know, not just not just worker safety, um, but but mental health and making that uh, a huge priority. Um, I was recently at Impact, which is the National Organization for the Iron Workers mm-hmm. Union. In 2022, they had three uh, people um die on the job site from mm. from uh job site accidents they lost i believe 88 to suicide wow last year wow so you know by focusing solely on fall protection and scaffold training and that i think as a group we are missing the boat completely interesting you know so we really try to shift to, to mental health and, and make sure and bring that awareness out there sure um one of the things that we've done as a company is highlight the benefits. We sat down with uh, Wellmark Blue Cross Blue Shield, um, who handles the the health and welfare for the iron workers, and we listed out all the different benefits that the iron workers are able to get. Mm-hmm. You know, costs. You know, what they're eligible for, what their family members are eligible for, eligible for, and we kind of just came up with a simple cheat sheet. You know, so I gave it to all of our employees. Um, did that about a year ago. Um, it's been amazing the number of people that have come back and asked, Hey, do you have a copy of that form? Hey, can you send me a copy of that form? So it kind of made, just made it very easy for them to get the access that they need to, to help.
0: That's great. mm -hmm. That's great.
1: So, um, also, you know, we're very, very proactive, um, in engagement with our, with our employees, you know, talk to them, speak to them, you know, and also, you know, as far as mental health, we've really had a big shift of the language that we use, you know, mm-hmm. on the job site, off the job site,
0: which is tough to do.
1: Yeah. You know, um, not to stereotype construction, but construction workers are, are typically a little colorful. <laughs> you know, um, they have some very creative nicknames for their, for their uh, co-workers. And we've really tried to, to curve that, you know, anything that, that I perceive as negative or our staff perceives as negative, try to make that change and, and make it more of a positive environment.
0: Well, it's all cultural, right? Absolutely. In, in, Study after study will show that that's what people want to gravitate to. So, again, whether it's part of your retention or whether it's part of, you know, just helping your employees improve their mental health, people want to belong. They want to be part of a culture. And it seems like the steps that you've taken within your companies are just absolutely admirable. So hats off to you. Um, you know, hats off for sharing your story. Sure. For talking about this, for helping stop the stigma. Um We hope that this uh, episode will help those out in our membership, maybe start that dialogue with their employer for the first time or the employer starting it with their employees for the first time. Sure. Um, That's what we really wanted to get across today in today's episode. So, Brad, before I let you go, do you have anything else you'd like to to add here?
1: No, I just really appreciate being here. Um, Like I said before, mental health is is a huge push in my life, you know, and uh, I'm trying to affect... You know, as many people as I possibly can, you know, positively. Um, I did get to speak here recently um, at another company's, uh, one of the large uh, excavating companies here in town. You know, had a safety day, brought all their employees in, actually got to speak there on mental health. So we're starting to see the dialogue come around. We're starting to, to you know, raise awareness, mm-hmm. which is absolutely awesome to see. Mm-hmm. And hopefully we're making we're making headway.
0: That's great. Brad, thank you so much. Um, I know you're a very visible person on Google. I know if people wanted to reach out and have a conversation with you. I know you'd love and enjoy that opportunity. Um, So you can find him online. Um, But again, thank you. Um, Thanks, everybody, for being here today. It's been real.
1: Yep, thanks.